Welcome to the Meet Me Downstairs podcast. I'm your host, Britt, and I'm here to bring you some real-ass conversations about what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother, what it means to really just live in this world in female skin and feel empowered and educated and connected to our bodies. So the type of conversations that you're going to hear are going to be with a mixture of experts in the field of female existence and also real women, real mothers just wanting to share a window into their world so that we can connect better. Remember, you're never alone. Your sisters are right here on the other end of your speaker and you can always message us to connect deeper. So get ready to learn about yourself, to love yourself and just embrace this experience. Popping your headphones, turn up, you'll speak loud, and let's do the damn thing. Hello, my dears. We're back with another episode for you, and this episode is closing out our third season of the Meet Me Downstairs podcast. Honestly, this has been one of the most incredible honors of my life to kind of host and create the space and just talk to women about women and share the truth with this community and just experience this sisterhood. So thank you for being here with me, with us and supporting the stream. We're going to be back. Don't you worry. I think maybe towards the end of the year. Um, But to tie out our current season, we're going to share a birth story. And this is a magical water birth with Sarah Murray. I absolutely love this share. Sarah brought us through her decision making, the stigmas faced with choosing a home birth, the empowering team that she had, and then just welcoming her baby boy through liquid. So thank you, Sarah. And thank you to all of you truly, like without you listening, subscribing, reviewing, following us on social media, like this would cease to exist. It's because of you and the incredible women who come on here to share their stories and knowledge that we can continue to express our truth of the female existence. I'm so grateful for you. Have a beautiful day. Hello, Sarah. We are here to talk about Sarah's birth story. And um, she's somebody that's from Barbados, just like me, who I've known for a very long time. And I'm really looking forward to hearing her story because she had a natural home water birth, which is like dreamy, dreamy, dreamy for me. So um, I'm just going to hand it straight over to you, Sarah, and let you give us your journey Great. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks so much for having me here. I um, really never cared about birth stories until I gave birth myself. And now I want to hear them all the time. And I, I, my birth went kind of as, as perfect as it could for me. So happy to share it. But I guess the first thing is, um, for me, I had a home birth, which isn't something that many people are particularly aware of or open to for various reasons. And I'll take you back to where it started was what they call like the booking appointment here in the UK, which is where um, you do a pregnancy test, discover you're pregnant, um, call the doctor and say like, okay, I'm pregnant. I think, what do I do? And they say, come on in. So I went into my GP's um, office and sat down with midwife and she goes through all of the medical history, et cetera, et cetera. Based on when my last period was, told me that I was nine weeks pregnant um, which was a bit of a shocker because I did not know that I had already been pregnant for two months. So <laughs> everything goes through your head like, oh my God, I've been drinking and what have I been doing? And how did I not know? And this means I'm having a baby in seven months. Oh my God, I didn't really have like nine months to prep. Um, 
But yeah, at that very first appointment, she said to me, um, so have you considered home birth? And I said, well, I, I haven't really considered birth. Like until today, I didn't really believe I was pregnant. Um, and she's like, no, no, you are pregnant and your due date is, you know, October. Um, so what, what do you think about home birth? I was like, well, no, I mean, it just sounds messy. And why, why would I give birth at home in my house? And it's going to have to be a hospital. I've never thought about that. And that seemed to me like something that like hippy dippies would do who don't believe in medical intervention and like, nah, not for me. Um, and then she said, well, listen, um, hear me out and think about it. She said, humans are mammals and we're animals. And in the wild, when a mum, a mum animal is heavily pregnant to give birth, she goes into a cave where she feels dark and safe and protected. And that means that she has no fear and no fear hormones. And only once she feels really relaxed can she give birth. And that's how humans are. And the hormone that you really need for giving birth is oxytocin. That's what makes you feel safe and warm and loved. And what often happens in labor is women tend to, you know, your waters often break at night when you're at home, relaxed, with hubby on the couch or whatever, or when you're sleeping and you start having your contractions and then you get whisked into hospital and there are bright lights and a whole team of doctors and nurses staring between your legs and you've got scratchy cushions and pillows and you're not in your natural environment so you then get the fair hormone adrenaline which stops the contractions and everything clams up and that tends to slow things down and here in the UK if that happens they then send you back home um, to come back when you're further dilated so that's quite a kind of process and I thought okay I hear what you're saying she said you know imagine having birth at home where you have everything you need around you you know you have your fluffy robes and your lovely towels and your snacks and candlelight and you know, she was painting this picture that I had really not thought of before <laughs> um so I was kind of like yeah this is yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to give this some thought I'm still reeling from the fact that I'm pregnant so um went home and, and had to think about it. And, and I didn't really give it too much thought for another few months until I saw her again. And she was again saying, have you thought about home birth? Um, and she invited me to come along to one of the home birth mornings. So where I live in the UK, um, the Surrey Hills midwifery team have a really high rate of home births compared to the rest of the UK. So in the UK, only 2% of births are home births, whereas in my area, it's 8%. So they really know what they're doing um, and they really advocate for home births. Um, and she said, come along to one of these coffee mornings where you can meet other um, women who've had home births and who, who've used us or who are planning to have home births and just allay any fears or talk through any concerns. Um, so I went along to one of those um, and met a few women, some who were pregnant and had already had their first with this, um, this home birth team. And everybody raved about it and said, you know, how safe and secure they felt um and so I started giving it some more thought um and I guess like my mom's concern was you know the baby's going to drown and you know what if anything happens um and you know the safest place to give birth is in a hospital but again what the midwife team said is you know people go to hospitals when they're sick or when something is wrong and birth is a really natural process so if you could do it in the safety of your own home um, why not? So we put the plans into place and there are companies here where you can hire a birth pool. Um, so, you know, we went online and we ordered our birth pool for delivery 
um, whenever it was that I was due and yeah, started, started the proceedings. Um, and it was all really easy to put into place. And then fast forward, I guess, to 38 weeks when I finished working, thinking that I would have two weeks of maternity leave to go for massages, get my nails done, do a bit of nesting and really just relax into maternity leave before meeting my child. But yeah, that didn't happen. I finished work on Friday and had a nice weekend. And on Monday, um, my husband went off to work. I was like, bye, hon, I'm going to have the best day. Um, felt a bit tired, rested a bit. And that night, lying in bed, my waters broke. Um, so that was on the Monday. So I was just off for 38 weeks. Um, <laughs> and I was lying in bed, had to go to the bathroom, sat there and just felt like this gush of water between my legs. I remember sitting there. My first thought was, you are kidding me. I cannot believe I'm having this baby now. This is not what I am ready for. I want two weeks of spa treatment. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I can do that. I, I called the midwife. Like there's a hotline that you can call. Um, I said, like, what do I do? I, th I think like there's this water trickling between my legs. And she said, like, is it Claire? Yeah. She said, okay, well, that's your water's breaking. I said, well, do I need to fill up the pool? <laughs> she said, no, hon, you have a long way ahead of you. Take a couple of painkillers and go back to sleep. It's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. Um, tried to lie in bed and go back to sleep, but couldn't, felt quite nauseous. You know, got up to go to the bathroom, was throwing up again. Um, and actually, my husband was not in bed with me because I was so big and pregnant. He was sleeping in the guest room downstairs. So <laughs> I didn't want to wake him. I was like, well, I'm just going to, you know, try and go back to sleep and stuff. And it got to about four in the morning. And I called the midwife again to say, this, these I'm now having contractions and I'm really feeling pain in my back. And uh, it's really painful. And she said, well, you know, have a hot shower and just run the water on your on your back. So I got into the shower about four or five that morning um and that's when my husband came upstairs and was like Sarah are you okay it's like yeah yeah my waters are broken and and the midwife said to have have a shower and it's happening and he just looked at me like what do you mean it's happening <laughs> yeah, the, the baby's coming and he's like why didn't you wake me up like, well there's nothing you could do I mean the, the, it, it's all fine it just has to happen and he's like oh Jesus Christ so he started running around the the house like a madman trying to you know <laughs> get things ready um and then for the next next few hours really I was just um having contractions at home they were very intense from the beginning and very painful um I remember being surprised at that because in our um antenatal classes they had said you know at the beginning when you have contractions it might be worth going for a walk in between mm -hmm. contractions you know keep moving exercise is really good for um labor and you know you might want to bake a cake and I'm thinking how fast will I bake a cake right now like I I had said to I mean Carl had, Carl had been at the classes with me so they had also said like put on feel good tv you know because again yeah. it's all about the oxytocin put on love actually I mean Carl put on sex in the city on the tv he was like come and sit and watch watch Carrie and the girls. It's like, I don't want to watch TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh my gosh. I was just in pain, like lying on the bathroom floor, like, oh, this is so bad. Like, for me, I didn't really feel the contractions intensify and then reduce. I didn't mm. feel like 
this is really bad and now this is okay. It was just a pretty constant, this is not okay. And I really felt the pain like in my lower back and felt like I needed to push from, from quite early on. Um, so then at about 11 a.m., so 12 hours after my waters broke, um, we had been calling the midwives you know, every couple of hours to check in. And at that point at 11 a.m. when, when Carl was there, so she feels like she needs to push. I think they should come. They, they said, okay. So they were over um, in about 15 minutes. And by that point, they had told me to get in the bath. So I was sat in the bath with hot water, um, doing my breathing exercises. I had done a hypnobirthing course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had all of my, um, you know, like relaxation CDs playing and deep breathing. And, you know, I remember them saying, like, just, just try and breathe through the pain, but it's hard not to clench up because the contractions yeah. are, in, are intense. Um, and, but yeah, I, I was in the bath and they instructed Carl to start filling the pool because the thing with the pool is, you know, the water needs to be warm. So if mm-hmm. you fill it too early, the water will cool off. Um, so they said to Carl, you need to fill the pool. And I could hear them having these conversations downstairs and they were saying like, can you fill it any faster? And I'm thinking, oh Jesus, the pool's not me ready and I'm, I'm going to end up having this baby in my bathtub. Um, so they were filling the pool downstairs. Uh, so they brought me down and allowed me to get into the pool, which we'd set up in um, our living room downstairs. We had fairy lights strung up and we had all of these positive affirmations that I had written out, things like... Um, I trust my baby to be born and women all over the world are birthing with me and just things that I had written out and printed on big paper that I can look around and, and read. I remember saying to Paul, read these to me when I'm in labor. So he's women all over the world are birthing with you. Oh, I have goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was really quite amazing. And, and because I, I knew both of the midwives were there. So that also encouraged that familiarity. She had been my, Emily had been my midwife since the very beginning. So we had had like 10 appointments. So I really trusted her and she knew me and um, all the appointments had been at my house. So she knew her way around. And um, so they were all sat around, um, you know, having a cups of tea and biscuits and stuff while I was in the pool and um, getting into the pool really helped with the pain, mm-hmm. but it then slowed down my contractions um, to the point where I was falling asleep on the side of the pool um, in between contractions and just oh, wow. napping. So it was very, I mean, pe- peaceful seems a crazy word to use to describe labor, but it, it really was. It was really positive. Um, I was in the pool for about an hour. Um, and at one point they said, like, things, things have slowed down. So, you know, can we get you out to just check? dilation um again really they're really good the team here asking you know, for your consent and are you okay with us checking whereas i think sometimes in hospital scenarios you know people are just putting their hands everywhere and mm-hmm. that's going to feel quite invasive so yeah you check whatever just tell me i remember distinctly saying like when is the baby coming how much longer yeah so they were like we, we can't really tell you that <laughs> um so they checked and said like oh my God, you are, you are there. And, and she actually said, I can, I can see the head. Like, if you want, if you want to put your hand that you can feel the head. Um, I was like, no, no, I just want it out. just want it out. So got back into the pool um, and I was 
kneeling kneeling down like holding onto the sides um and yeah we, we changed the theme song because oh my god I had a playlist um <laughs> and I don't ever want to hear a soundtrack of waves crashing again because I think I heard waves crashing for hours <laughs> again all the things you think you want like watching Sex and the City and listening to waves crashing I didn't really want those yeah. um but yeah, so we um, up the tempo with the music and, and just went, okay, you just need to push through each contraction. Contraction is getting, um, getting shorter. You've got to use that pain to really push. Um, so yeah, pushed and um, Jack's little boy's um, head came out and I remember Carl shrieking like, oh my God, oh my God, I can see the head. Um, and I said, like, what, what color, what color hair? It's, like, it's got dark hair, dark hair. And he was just like, oh my God. Cause it, it is the most amazing thing to witness. Um, and midwife, the two midwives were great. Just saying like, okay, sir, this is it. You know, next, next push, just wait for the next contraction. And next contraction came and yeah, his body came out and, um, I was in the pool and they just said, just guide, just guide him up. And yeah, he just was I, I had him in my hands and just guided him up to the surface and he opened his eyes and just like looked around and I just remember feeling like I am a superwoman. I cannot believe I am holding this baby. It, it, it's quite a weird feeling because I, I didn't feel a, a, an immediate like, oh my God, I love you so much. I think I was mm-hmm. quite stunned. I was just like, oh my God, how am I supposed to feel? This is just, I can't believe this is, this is my baby and I just looking around and um yeah and, and then we stayed I stayed in the pool um you know obviously nuzzle nuzzle Jack is his name nuzzle Jack into my chest and they said just keep him you know underwater obviously with his face out so that he stays warm mm-hmm. um so he never cried actually see I guess he didn't feel cold he was still in the warm water in the pool um and then we waited, we had elected, I had written the birth plan with all my preferences. So we had, we wanted to wait um, until the umbilical cord stopped pulsing before mm-hmm. they, they cut it. Um, so yeah, that took about, I, I don't know, 20 minutes maybe, of us just holding, holding Jack in the pool. Um, I say us, Carl was not in the pool. That, that option was offered to him, but I don't think he wanted to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the pool the pool is not a pretty pool by the end of that I know. Um, process. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, they cut the, the cord and um, at that point, you know, gave, gave Jack over to my husband to hold and um, waited for the placenta to be delivered naturally also. And then got out of the pool and you're wrapped up in, in towels and blankets and sat on the couch. But what was amazing was, you know, Jack was born at half past two in the afternoon and the midwives did their checks and checked me and um, I didn't need any stitches and they, they had offered me gas and air, but I, I didn't, I don't know if I just wasn't using it properly. I wasn't really feeling any relief from it. So they wrapped us up in blankets and then they packed away the pool and Brittany, two hours after giving birth, they had packed away the pool, tidied everything up, left the house, and we were sat on the couch with a newborn baby, just thinking like, okay, now 
now what? <laughs> so just a totally surreal experience, but incredibly positive from start to finish. And, um, you know, and there's, there's different reasons why people can can't have homeworks. Obviously, you cannot have any medical intervention. So if you feel like you may want an epidural, that can't be administered by the midwives. So you would need to, to go into hospital or a midwife unit for that. But, you know, I was also reassured, I guess, by the fact that we only live 10 minutes from the hospital. So if anything was to go wrong, we could get access to the hospital very quickly. So, yeah, I just want to shout out from the rooftops. Like, if home births are available, you know, where you live, um, as well as water births, then, you know, everybody should explore that option because it was really really positive and definitely have another one you know we'll be we'll be hoping to go down that route that is so I like had goosebumps so many times throughout that (laughs) that sounds so beautiful and like honestly what I had hoped for myself something similar but I kind of I really kind of gave into the the fear and the outside voices and the well what if something goes wrong and you know so I ended up not not making that decision but I, I commend you for, for doing that and also just having the support around you to kind of guide you in that direction and like give you comfort in doing that, you know? Yeah, you know, we're really lucky here. Um, you know, we have the national health system and, and access to really good midwives and medical health. And we also did um, private antenatal classes, which I don't know if they have those in Barbados actually, where we had a group of seven other couples um Mm -hmm. all who were due to give birth between october and november so we all started when we were around i think 28 weeks pregnant and did class up until we were about 36 weeks pregnant and you do it with your partner um and learn everything about um you know what a home birth might be like if you have a major mind what the difference in a hospital versus midwife unit might be different types of pain relief um you know learn about c-sections in case you you um explore that avenue so I did feel pretty well equipped. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we all, I'm doing those classes here now because I'm a doula now and I did my training. So I'm offering that. And and I did do private classes, but to be totally honest, I, I didn't think they were that great. Now mm-hmm. that I'm doing my own ones, I've put everything in that I wish I had known and like wish Good. was delivered to me. So I've kind of like made sure because yeah, in Barbados, it's not, you know, even to have a home birth here, they don't have many midwives or doctors that even want to be a part of, of that setting. So you really have to kind of go, you have to hunt for people that would, that would do it for you. Yeah. The book that I read, which um, I'm sure you, you've probably come across it doing this podcast, positive birth book. Oh, um, I've never heard that book. By Millie Hill. I can I can send you the link, but that outlines just how to make sure that you're approaching birth with a really positive um, mm-hmm. mindset and attitude. And it talks about, you know, pros and cons of all different types of births and, and how to try and take control of your birth narratives because so much of what we see, and I really thought about this um, when we were doing our class, and so much of what we see about birth represented in the media is this, you know, woman giving birth in a taxi and, mm-hmm. you know, women shrieking in the labor rooms and, you know, really loads of blood and gore and teams of old doctors. And like, it, it seems like such a medical thing when actually it's, it's the most natural thing. Women, women give birth in, you know, villages in, and on different continents with no medical intervention. Yeah. And, you know, we don't, it doesn't need to medicalize. And of course there are, there are, you know, 
situations where it does need to be medicalized because things go wrong and you know, nobody has control over that. Um, but if you progress as low risk, um, like I did, then you, you don't have to believe that narrative. It can You can reposition your thinking, and that's where hypnobirthing came in um, to just, I guess hypnobirthing was a method that uses self-hypnosis um, to change your perceptions and to dispel any anxiety or fear yeah around birth and I found that useful yeah that's so powerful and it's so true and so how so how long were you in labor for total uh 15 hours wow wow I'm just so I can't believe you did 15 hours and like like what was it like having those contractions and having that pain like what were you doing to just sort of get you through and not say I want to go to the hospital and have the epidural yeah like I going to hospital was never um something that I consider, like the midwives had said, take a couple of like, parsley small panadol. So I yeah. took those. Um, the pain was bad, but I, I mean, to be honest, I was in the bathtub just holding onto the two handles of the bath, like, Argh! you know, I don't know what the neighbors would have thought. Um, <laughs> so I was just, I was, you know, just letting the pain out through, through my screens. Um, I don't know, I guess, like, again, with the hypnobirthing, we did lots of visualization techniques. Mm -hmm. So talking about, like, when you, like, what is a contraction? And it is your uterus, you know, pulling mm -hmm. up and down and and thinking that each time you feel that, it is your baby, your, your body basically squeezing the baby down. So I was thinking, like, this pain is good because it means it's things are moving. And, yeah. Um, it's pain with uh, a purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it is true what they say about like women forget the pain of childbirth because even a few days after, it's like, well, they could do that all over again. I know. <laughs> that, was, that was no big deal. Like that was that's pretty severe. Yeah, pain. it's yeah, but, it's very yeah, it's very severe for sure. Yeah, um, but it was it was so worth it, you know. Um, so yeah, if if anybody is thinking about you know home birth or water birth go for it and yeah any questions you can shout but positive birth book was um, a great a great read That's and there's great. lots of lots of resources as well yeah I've read I've read, read quite a few books but I haven't read that one I'd love to love to get my hands on that because we need more information like that like you need to hear about stories that you've had and to hear people writing books and to have doulas present or midwives present to like guide you that's not you know not that there's anything wrong with OBs because they're doing a, an amazing service but those that are in the medical field push the medical field because that's what they know so if you have people that are there to kind of guide you through the whole the whole thing and just offer you support it's just incredible you know yeah. resources books podcasts like youtube videos talking to your friends and your parent your mothers and just, totally. yeah and um and it's a generational thing i guess it's like yeah for us we um we actually didn't tell anybody we were planning a home birth apart from our parents and any one or two friends because people you know our, our midwife suggested not to because she said you say that and then people go oh my god you must be crazy right. what if something goes wrong and they can then project you know their fears onto you which can then get into your head mm -hmm. and we were working so hard to make sure we had a really positive attitude going into this um and even now when you know if, if I mention it or, or straight after I had Jack and people would say how was birth 
yeah, we have it at home. And they're like, oh my God, why, what happened? Thinking that it was like an Pick emergency. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the idea of planning it was just unheard of. Um, but no, it was great. And we had all our own snacks. So that was a... <laughs> yeah a that's a plus for sure 15 hours no food you're like oh it was the second, us yeah after. the second you enter a hospital they're like here are ice chips and you're like fuck yeah. you <laughs> yeah I don't want ice chips no we, we definitely ordered a massive pizza oh was, that's um, so good <laughs> yeah and then told that's our parents great. I remember calling um whatsapping my dad on the family chat to say like, are you are you guys both at home and he's like yeah yeah and I said okay, I'm going to call, I need to ask you something about something, the flap or something inconsequential. And um, it's to make sure mom is on. So I FaceTimed them and they're like, is that everything okay? And mom's just there with the dishcloth. Everything okay, hon? And I was like, yeah, I don't know if you want to meet your um, your grandson and, and just turned the camera on to Jack. And my mom just shrieked. Like, oh my God. What are you telling me? What are you telling me? Because they were meant they were meant to be flying up in a couple of days. Um, oh my gosh! Because obviously you think that you're going to go to forty. To forty, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And they were they were coming when I was like thirty eight and a half. She was like, "What are you telling me? No, no, no!" Because I obviously didn't want to text them when I was in labor. Yeah, they were just they were just worried. Um, yeah. There's nothing they could do. So yeah, that was quite special. That's so sweet. And then how about? And I'm just always curious about postpartum and like the kind of first three months that that happened. Like, what was that experience like for you? Pretty good, to be honest. That's great. Physically, um, so I did tear, I had second grade tear um, from the labor, even despite being in the pool. So the midwives um, said they could offer me stitches or I could wait and feel naturally because sometimes if you introduce stitches that can lead to infection um so I opted for natural healing so everything cleared up well um and the first few weeks um were hard actually I really struggled with breastfeeding mm-hmm. um what happened for us Jack was born on a Wednesday in a couple of days I, I always planned to breastfeed so I was doing what I thought was you know, the right thing um and he lost a little bit of weight initially, which does tend to happen. Um, but then his umbilical cord got infected and we actually had to go into hospital on day three and spend two nights in hospital, um, mm-hmm. which was awful because having had this lovely birth and just wanting to be you know, all cozied up at home, I was then on a maternity ward with six other women you know, who just had babies with curtains between us. And, My goodness, um, yeah. Carl couldn't stay with us and I was just there with this baby um and Jack was breastfeeding but he was losing weight and I because you know the first few days you don't your milk hasn't really come in yet mm-hmm. so the midwives and the nurses at the hospital were bringing me formula because I said like, he's, I don't think he's getting enough you know, could you give me a little bottle of formula so they kept bringing up formula for him and I didn't know that at that point it would have been really crucial for me to pump mm. to to stimulate um milk production because he wasn't latching because I was yeah. giving him giving him formula yeah. so I was like well my milk hasn't come in yet so I'll just give him some of these bottles and he'll be fine and then um say five six seven I just didn't have any milk in my breasts and um we spent two nights in hospital and then moved, moved back home on the Sunday and I was distraught um, that I couldn't breastfeed and I just didn't know what I was doing wrong. And 
the midwives here were amazing and they they just said you have to just pump you know let him you know suckle and then pump and I pumped and pumped and pumped um and eventually my milk came in around day 10 Mm. um so I could breastfeed and I, I was thrilled because you know it's just a choice that I that I had made that I wanted to do it and I was really upset to think that I couldn't you know as a woman you go through all sorts of questions like why won't my body do it what have I done wrong why isn't it happening for me um how am I going to feed my baby you have this yeah. you know some women have this ideal of you know the, the nursing baby with Madonna and at the yeah. breast and I, I just like, this should be me I, I had a home birth and I have boobs and why yeah. won't he feed um so yeah once once um we established breastfeeding um things things got much better and we just spent the first few months wrapped up it, he was born in October so going into winter um here in the UK and it was just cozy I and mean, I went out to mum and baby groups it was all pre-pandemic so it was like he was born October 2019 so you know I had six months of, of going out with my friends and doing coffee mornings we'd all sit around feeding our babies and just looking <laughs> with love at these gorgeous little things um, <laughs> And yeah, we did baby swimming classes and baby yoga and baby massage classes. Oh, it's so nice. I <laughs> met a really great network of mums. Um, and yeah, it was a great few months. And, and now he's one and a half. And I look at him and cannot believe he was once this tiny little thing who wouldn't sit still. I mean, who wouldn't move. Now he's, yeah. he's just like... Doesn't sit still, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, that is so special. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's just such a ray of light to kind of, you know, hear hear that. Because you're right, the way that it's depicted sometimes in the media is just so counterintuitive to what it is like or what it's supposed to be and can be. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's such a joy. I can't wait to share it with everyone else. (laughs) Pleasure. Well, thanks so much for having me and keep up um putting out all this great content I think there really is a place for it and um you know so many questions and you know there's so many things that spring up to mind you know through being a woman and transitioning from being just you to being the everything for this little little person so I love podcasts so um, thanks thanks for having me thank you so much Thank you so much for listening in. As always, if you enjoyed, leave us a review. It really supports our channel and it helps it to grow and let other people who might be interested in this stuff find us. And then also please just share it, subscribe, um, love it, whatever it is that you guys do to keep supporting. We appreciate it so much and we will chat on the next episode.